Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. Thank you for joining us. You are listening to a ministry of Crossview Church with Pastor Kevin Hardcastle. Uh, this message today is so Right on. Like, I, I'm, I'm going to really preach this today, but I need you all to help me out a little bit. Uh, some of you are going to say, oh, me. Some of you are going to say, oh, my. And some of you are going to say, preach on. So you're in one of those three categories, um, and I think it's going to be a great, great message today. I uh, just want to start off by asking, I did like, like I did last week, how many guys, and just be very honest, how many guys ever feel the crunch, feel the pressure or the stress of money, financial stress, financial stress? Anybody put your hands up high? College stress, high school stress, yeah, whatever. Isn't it amazing how powerful financial stress can be? I think we all can say that either at some point in our life or currently in our life, we have this external pressure of finances that just continually drive us on. And if we're being honest, when we look at our economy in America today, um, we all are feeling the crunch. We're all feeling the inflation pinch. Y'all feel it? Y'all feel it whenever you go to the store every two weeks and it jumps up 20 cents? 20 cents doesn't seem like a lot, but over a, several months at a time, that's going to be a dollar, a dollar more. We all felt it. The gas prices drove up in just months from a couple bucks to over $3 a gallon. That financial pressure comes in because why? Every one of us has to have money in order to make life function. All of us go to work, we clock in, clock out, we invest in a, a job somewhere to make the money and the resources in order to continue on life. See, culturally, it's normal, it's normal culturally to have credit cards. It's a normal, normalcy of life. Culture tells us credit cards, okay, you got to have them, you got to establish credit. Culture tells us car payments are just the normal day, everyday life. Uh, a house payment, you're going to have a house payment. Uh, culture tells us that you're, if you're in debt, you're okay because debt is, is not going to kill you. Debt is not going to take your life away. And so culture tries to push this on you. And what results in it is worry, fear, anxiety, uh, pressure, that comes in from all around us. Remember last week I told you what is margin. And I use this as my illustration. A piece of paper. And a piece of paper you have the, where, the area where you write on. And then the red line is what you call the margin. And the margin is where it's extra space in our life. In fact, here's the definition. Margin is the amount available beyond what is necessary. That's the working definition we're going with. It's the amount available beyond what you have to have. It's just a little bonus. Now, financially, what is margin? Well, margin in finances would be you make $3,000 a month. You only need $2,500 to live on. 
you have a margin of what? Do the math with me. You have how much left over? You have $500. $500 margin left over at the end of the month. Okay? When you don't have margin, it's you make $3,000 a month. You spend $3,000 a month. You have how much margin? Good job, math students. Or if you run your, your house like our government runs the government, you make $3,000 a month and you spend $4,000 a month, and then you go ask somebody else to bake up the difference. No, that's just truth. That's just truth. We, we can't live that way. We're not the government. Only the government can live that way, unfortunately, because they come to us to get the money. But margin is the amount available beyond what is necessary. So what does that look like in our everyday life? If we had margin, what would your life look like if you had some extra? What would your life look like if you had a little bit extra each and every month? Well, well maybe you would have just a little bit of money to put back in savings. Maybe if you had a little bit of margin, you would be able to maybe help someone who needed a little extra help financially. You could actually do it because you had some margin in your life. Maybe you would be able to give to a missions project and never miss the money because you had the margin worked in your life. Maybe you could go buy appliance and not have to take the 18 months no finances lie that they try to tell you. You could actually pay cash for that finance because you created margin in your life. Maybe you would be debt-free, no car payment, no house payment. And, and maybe, maybe, just maybe, you would find peace financially with the margin you could have. Here's what Proverbs 21 says. Look in your Bibles with me today. Read this out loud with me if you go along. It says, in the house of the what? In the house of the... Oh, come on, guys. Come on now. I need a little preaching now. Come on. In the house of the our stores of choice food and oil, but a man and woman devours all they have. Now notice it did not say in the house of the wealthy. It did not say in the house of two source income. It didn't say in the house of the six figure income. It didn't say in the house of the trust fund, the house of 401k, or the house of those that just inherited lots of money. It says what? Say it again with me. In the house of the? If we're being truthful, when we live marginless life, we're just going to have to be honest enough to say we're not real wise financially. I'm with you. I'm with you just as... Just as much, I'm just as guilty as anyone else in this room today. I have been a fool with money. Any other fools in the house going to be honest with me enough today? I'll wait. I'll wait for hands to go up. I know some of you better get your hands up. I know. Uh-huh. We've all been fools when it comes to money. We've been foolish because why? Fools devour everything. Fools leave no room for margin. Fools think it's all for them, and what they want, they want it now. And that's the way it works. But in the house of the wise, there's margin. But in the house of the fools, there is no margin. Here's how 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 6 through 10 says it. This is quite a bit, but just follow along with me. It says, but what? But what? Say it with me. But with what? 
is what? Godliness with contentment is of what? Great gain. Not small gain, not miniature gain, but great gain. When we walk with God and when we find contentment with God, we will find this great consuming gain in our life. It says this, for we brought nothing into this world and we take nothing out of it. But if we have food and clothing, we will what? We will be content with that. We will be content with what? Food and clothing. People, not you people, I'm sure not you people, other people, not here today people. People who want to get rich. Not you people, it's other people, I'm sure. Here's what happened to them. People who want to get rich, they fall into the temptation and a what? A trap. They fall for a trap that, and into many foolish and harmful desires and plunge into ruin and destruction. Well, this is good preaching today, and I like it. For the what? The not money. The love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Some people eager for money, love of money, what do they do? Have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs, with many overwhelming troubles. Remember, great gain is when we walk with margin in our life. Many griefs is when we consume everything that God has given us. Father God, help us today to understand the difference between margin and marginless living. God, you have called us to not be plunged into many griefs, but to live with margin and peace. God, to live with a place that we can find a financial stability in you. So Lord, help us to do that today in Jesus' name. Amen. What are the many griefs in life? Many griefs in life are debt. They're financial ruin. It's fighting about money. It's you spent this, you did that. It's a territorial thing. Marginless living, in my opinion, is foolish living. Marginless living is anxiety living. Marginless living is, in essence, death to the everyday life that we could have, but because we've been so consumed by, and the scripture said, Many things, they wanted many things. A foolish person wanted many things. And when they went to get it, they realized there was no peace on the other side. You know why? You know why we have fallen in a marginless life and it falls on all of us and it starts as early as college years, some as early as high school years, uh, uh, as early as, you know, got to go to college and I got to get I got to get a credit card debt. I got to get debt. I got to get a student loan. It, this can preach everybody. Here's why we fall so quickly to depend on the world instead of God. Here's why. Because culture lies to us. There is a lie that has been going on for many generations. The cultural lie is this. More makes you happy. The more you have the happier you'll be. And this is the lie the world tells us, and we believe, even in the church, because we believe if I just have a nicer car, it's only $50 more a month to have a nicer car 
and we always justify it. It's more dependable. I won't have to work on it as hard. I won't have to do as much to it. And while that may be true now, fast forward two years from now, you still have the $50 more payment, and yet your car is breaking down just like a car that's paid for. See, because culture lies to us, guys, and I'm, I'm passionate about this because I've fallen for the lie. I have been duped. Myself, I was duped. I was told growing up, you're always going to have a car payment. Anybody ever heard that? Nobody? Is that just me? Was that just stupid people telling me stupid things? I've, I've been told, I was told, you always have a car payment. You always have a mortgage. You always have credit card debt. You probably won't really have a savings account. And when I was going into ministry, this was really, this was really preached to me. You won't make enough to, pay, to feed your family, much less have a roof over your head and even help out down the road. I was told all these lies, and I believed them. I believed them. And young people today, they're, they're believing the lie that, well, I'll just charge it, and I'll get the couch. I'll get the TV now. Swipe it. Don't have to swipe it now. You just put it up to the reader. Bing it. You know? Bam, I got it. I'm hit the home run jackpot. I'm indebted to my eyeballs, but by golly, I got that 70-inch TV on my wall. I'm, I'm rolling, rolling fat, looking sassy, right? And so what happens is we fall for the lie early on. Our young people today try to get as much, if not more, stuff than their parents took them 30 years to get in three years. Y'all hearing me? My grandparents, I dare say, it took them 50 years to get the things I got at maybe 20, half the time. You know why? Cha-ching, cha-ching, cha-ching. I had a lot of stuff, but man, I was in debt up to my eyeballs. It's like that commercial. There was a commercial out many years ago. It wasn't a Christian commercial, but it should have been. It said there's this guy, and he's, he's, on a, he's on a mower. He goes, I have a five-bedroom house, and he's mowing his lawn. He says, I have an in-ground pool for my family, and he's rolling a new car. He's like, I got a brand new car. Ask me, how do I get all this done? He said, I'm in debt up to my eyeballs. <laughs> it's so true. We fall for the lie. I believe, and I said this last week, I said the, one of the greatest tools of the devil is if he can't get you distracted, he'll keep you busy. I dare say another distraction to the devil is if he can't get you to, uh, to charge things, he'll try to figure out a way to take something out to get you to, okay, I got to panic because I, I, God can't do it, so I got to go out and I got to take out a loan. I, I need a car, so I'm going to go justify a car. I need a house, so I'm going to justify a bigger house. Your house is plenty big. You have enough rooms for all of your kids, enough bathrooms. You may have to share the bathroom. You may have to schedule bathroom time at your house. I don't know about you. That happens sometimes at our house, scheduling. I hear, I hear uh, Lily and Michelle say, now what time are you getting in the bathroom? What time are you getting in the bathroom? They're organizing so they don't run into each other. Plus, they're waking up. Lily's not a morning person. Michelle is a bubbly morning person. And you don't want those two to collide. That's not a, we keep those on opposite tracks. <laughs> But you don't have enough bathrooms, so we got to build three or four more bathrooms, and we gotta, everybody's got to have their own bathroom. And here's the thing. Financially, if you can do it and it doesn't put you in debt and you financially can make it happen, I would tell you God wants you to enjoy your money. I'm not an anti-money guy. I am a, I am a guy that believes that as we 
return to God what is his and we put him in priority, he is number one, then I believe he will give you more money. I do believe that some of the wealthiest people on the planet should be God-fearing, God-loving people. Y'all should applaud for that. Because I'm, I'm telling you, the money is not the problem. It's the love of money. It's the, it's the desire for more. I got to have more. I got to have a bigger car. I got to have this. I gotta, it, the money is not the problem. We're the problem. Our approach of money is the problem. Here's what Jesus said. See, it's not an income problem. It's a lifestyle problem. It's not just a lifestyle problem. It's a spiritual problem. And I'll tell you why I say that. Here's Matthew chapter 6, verse 19, 21. He says this. Do not store up for yourself treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy, but store up for yourself treasures in where? In, in heaven. For where your treasure is, say it with me, there your heart will be also. Where your money goes your heart flows. Think about it. What do you invest in? If you have, say you have money, you've been blessed with money, and you want to take the whole family on a vacation. I'm talking extended family. I'm talking in-laws, outlaws, like everybody. You know what I would tell you? Your heart flows to the love of your family. And that's, a, that's not a bad thing. That's not a bad thing. Because most people that I know that would do that, they have a priority in their life. But where your heart is, there, or where your money flows, or where your money goes, there your heart flows as well. See, money is not the issue. It's how we handle it. Do you realize statistically in America, 2%, most Americans give 2% of their income to God. Two percent. That means 98% of everything else they're consuming is going for them. 98% of everything else they're doing is going for what they want and how they want to live life. Or they believe that they can trick the system by working the numbers. I, I've met people like this. I was a person like this. I'm a numbers guy. I thought, well, if I can cut this back and I cut this bill out and I can do this and I can pay this, well, then I'll make it happen. And I cut God out of the equation. And when I cut God out of the equation, let me tell you something. I may have had more money to pay more stuff, but I did not meet the bills and the needs that I had because I wasn't honoring the one who was to be first. When I honored God and I said, 10%, God, right off the top, 10% is yours. 10% I returned back to you. When I did that, I was amazed. I, I don't know how he does it. I can't figure out the economy of God. Thank God I don't have to. He's God. I'm not. He's God. He's got to figure it out. But when I put him first and when I set aside the 10% and I had the 90, God, and I say this over and again, God did more with 90 than I could with 100. And some of you young people, listen to me. It starts now. It starts right now at your jobs you got now. 10% returning to God. Starts right now. Parents, you teach your kids. It starts now. My kids, no, they didn't like it. I would always remind them. I would never force them. I never went and took the money from them, but I did remind them. They would get birthday presents and Christmas presents. I would say, hey, don't forget to tithe. Ugh, we got to tithe on that too. Really? I didn't earn it. I don't care. Here's what I say. 
tithe on that. Tithe, I don't really care. I, people are always like, well, do you tithe on the gross? We tithe on the net. What do we, I don't care what you tithe on. Just put God first in your finances. Here's what I will tell you. The more generous you are, you can't outgive God, and you'll watch God do some amazing things because financial margin comes when we put God first in our lives. We create. We, some people say, well, how do I get more money? Well, you can earn more money and spend less. That's one theory, but not all of us have that opportunity. Here's how we handle the finances of our life. We must put God first. Say that with me. We must put God first. First, say it with a little bit more conviction and enthusiasm, like you're listening to me today. We must put God first. If you believe the money is for you, you have bought into the lie, and the enemy has already won the battle inside your mind. Some of you may be sitting there right now, and you may say, Oh, finances must be tough at the church. The pastor's preaching about money, must need some bills paid. Nope. We're doing well. God's taking care of us. Let me tell you how God's taking care of us. You know why God takes care of this church specifically? Because we've committed as a church to tithe 10% of everything that comes in back to missions. Net local, national, and foreign missions. Every single month. There you go, Teresa. Thank you. I've been here 17 years. I have watched this church go from deficit years to positive years to surplus years. I have watched them through the financial times, through recession, through everything that went on. I have watched God continue to bless this church, not because of me. I take no credit at all, guys. I give 100% credit. God is in charge of our finances as a church. My, my personal walk with God, I had had to pray. I had to pray. I had to trust God. One of my greatest fears, economic ruin. That's my greatest fear, to not have enough growing up for my family. I don't, I know that some, you, you may not know, I don't make a lot, but I do believe in the power of prayer. I believe in the power of trusting God. And I remember where I was at in my college years. I remember where I was at in the basement of my, of our, of our townhouse. I remember stressed out to the max. The bills were high. The debt loan was high. Everything was high, and I didn't know how I was going to make it. I didn't have a job. I didn't have a ministry position. I was like, I'm going to graduate, and I have no place to go, God. I, don't, I remember laying. I told you guys this story before if you weren't here. I laid all my bills out on my floor in my basement in my, in my townhouse, and I laid over them, and I cried out to God. I said, God. I don't know what to do. I've tried to make it work, and it's not working. I've done the number crunching. It's not happening. And I remember God saying this. You put me first. You will never have to worry about this again because I will be your source. And I shifted my thinking. I shifted the way I did things. I put God first, and I watched him do things. Guys, listen. I've been doing ministry for over... Uh, I'm old. I've <laughs> been here for 17 years. But I tell you, before this, I had many transitional positions. And I never once, never have I once gone without a paycheck. And in ministry, that is something to be set up because you, I'm telling you, it's a tough, tough area. But I, I give it 100% to what God 
has provided for me. So let me give you three things that you can experience by trusting God, putting God first, returning tithe, the 10% tithe back to God. Here's what you will experience if you trust God with your finances. Number one, you will experience God's blessing. You will experience God's blessing. I'm not just talking financially, I'm talking peacefully, I'm talking margin in your life where you can relax and you're not full of anxiety, you will experience God's blessing. Here's what Malachi chapter 3 verse 8 through 10 says. It says, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse. Where's the storehouse, you may ask? The storehouse is the place that you are getting ministry from, the church, your local church you attend, the place you come to. This would be, if you call Crossview, your home, this is your storehouse. The Bible says you bring the whole tithe into the storehouse. Understand this. The whole tithe doesn't mean 5%. The whole tithe is a tithe. The tithe means, the word tithe, 10. 10%. Not 5, 10. Now, if you start at 5, that's great. But I'm going to believe that God's going to challenge your faith. Here's what God says. God says, hey, guess what, guys? Test me. What's he say? Test me in this, says the Lord. Test me, test me in your money. Test me in your finances. And see that I will not throw up the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing, so much blessing, that you won't even be able to have enough room for it. Now, when we read this, we go, million dollars, here it comes. I give a tithe, I'm getting a million back, baby. Woo! No, no, no. No, no, no. He's not talking about just money here. He's talking about provision. He's talking about food. He's talking about clothing. He's talking about a job that stays steady and consistent whenever other people are losing their job. Or if you lose your job, God swoops in and gives you these odd jobs that just come in to fill the gap just in time that get you through the rough times. This is what I mean when God says, test me and see that I will not do this. I will take care of you, God says. You trust me with 10%. I will take care of you beyond your ever. You won't even contain it all. First thing, you will experience God's blessings when you honor him with your tithe. What does tithing do? Tithing teaches us that God can do more with 90 than I can with 100%. Number two, tithing builds my faith to trust God even when I don't know how his economy does it. I wish they would probably find a way to mess it up, but I wish our government would trust God with a tithe. Because, my gosh, he would do such a blessing, but they would mess it up. They would just mess it up, so let's just not even go there. Guess what else it does? It breaks down the power of materialism and consumerism. If you're all about shopping and you're all about the newest car and you're all about the newest trucks or the newest fandangled gadget or, or electronic device, when we tithe, we are taught that it breaks down the power of consumerism and materialism in our lives. So the first thing is it builds or it, it, it proves us that God is going to bless us. We're going to experience God's blessing. Here's the second thing it does. The second thing it does is when we put God first in our finances, we become supernaturally content. Proverbs 15, 16 says, It is better to have a little with the fear of the Lord than great wealth and turmoil. 
better to have a little. Paul said, I have learned the secret of being content, whether well-fed or hungry, whether in need or a want. I have learned the secret of being content, and that is I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. This world is full of turmoil. This world is full of chaos. Culture says more makes you happy. I have fallen for the lie. More does not make you happy. You know what more gets you? It gets you more headaches. It gets you more stress. It gets you more anxiety. Don't believe me? Find a person who has a lot of junk. Good stuff, but a lot of stuff. Clothes rip and tear before they're ever paid off on the credit card. Cars break down before the, the, the loan is paid off. Houses, their houses, they, they need maintenance, they need upkeep. For me personally, what I have learned to do is, is I have learned to live lean and give generously. Not an easy lesson for a person who is economically fearful to live lean and give generously. That's not an easy lesson. In fact, I would tell you the person who is here today is not the person that I was at 27 and 25 and 24. I believe that more money meant more happiness, and I have learned less is more. I'd rather have a little with peace and contentment than a lot with turmoil. No, and is, this is not, this is just, uh, this is a very um, an truth, I, a truth I want you to hear, okay? I'm trying to say how to say this. I have, as a pastor, been approached by other churches to go to other churches. Am I saying this in a threatening way? I'm not going anywhere. I'm here. I'm here, okay? Larger churches, more income, more provisions. You know what I do? I think about this passage. I'd rather have a little in Keokuk, Iowa, where people I know that love me, care for me, and here, there's nothing better than this community of believers. And I would rather have this than to go to a big church with lots of turmoil, lots of chaos, and lots more stress, and I die a lot younger. I would. Now, I never, let me tell you something, 17 years ago, you would not hear me say that at all. I didn't want to come to Keokuk. I did not want to come to Keokuk at all. <laughs> Keokuk was not my chosen place. It's not the place that I thought I would be, but it's the place that God wanted me to land. It's the place that I, my family was to grow, and it's the place that I have found home. And it's a place that I'm challenged every day. But I do things weird. I am a weird kind of guy. You ask my office staff, they will tell you. I'm not a, I'm not a, uh, let's just, let's just buy it. In fact, Chris, I put her on lots of research missions about stupid things, things that you would think, well, just spend the money. No, we're going to get the best deal. I'm a deal maker. I'm a deal, I'm a deal searcher. I buy old, I, I, I use old cars, 15 and 20 year old cars. I work, my Fridays are my days off typically. Fridays are my work days on my cars. I love it. In fact, I had somebody say that today. They're like, you know, just pay to get it done. I'm like, yeah, it didn't cost a whole lot. I mean, literally, it was like 30 bucks. It takes me like four hours to do a $30 job, but I really love it, you know? You say, well, that's just weird. Yeah, it's weird, but I enjoy it, and it's kind of relaxing for me. I, you know, here's what we do. We pay cash for stuff. I pay cash for stuff. That's crazy. 
If I, if I can't afford it with cash, I don't get it. That's just what I have chosen to do. I have lived on budgets. I have blown budgets. And I've reworked budgets. I research so much stuff. I love researching stuff because there's always a deal out there to be had. Let me tell you what Kramer said off of Seinfeld. Retail is for suckers. <laughs> if you pay retail, you're a sucker. I'm not a sucker, Kramer. I'm not a sucker. Seek first the kingdom of God. Here's a big one. Can I give you a big one? Pray before you buy. Pray before you buy. I don't care. Now, granted, don't be sitting in front of the milk at the milk aisle like, Lord Jesus, what milk am I supposed to get here? No, I'm, don't get ridiculous, okay? <laughs> Pray before you buy big items. Uh, if you're married, talk with your spouse about buying those items. Trust me, you'll want to do that. But pray about it. You buy a car. Pray about buying that car before you just go out and let's get it. Pray about it. You say, why? Because if you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, all these other things that you worry about, they'll be taken care of. Duh. I mean, do, do we see this? Are you guys getting this? That if we seek him first... If we put him first in our finances, we tithe, we return back to God, we pray before we buy, we don't do knee-jerk purchases that we regret later on. And we find there's a peace that comes over our lives. When we put God first, we will experience his blessing, we will find provisions, and we will become spiritually and supernaturally content in our life. And number three, you will end up with more of what matters. You will end up with more of what matters. Proverbs 8, verse 18 and 19 says, with me are riches and what? Are riches and with me is what? Lasting wealth and success. My fruit is better than my gifts are better than the finest silver. Listen, when we put God first, you will see God do more in your life than ever before because you'll invest in what matters the most. You'll invest in what matters the most. I remember whenever we were in Bible college and we were struggling financially to make it, we had a little boy and a little girl on our way. We went for food stamps. We were so, we were so broke. I was a poor college student trying to make things work. We went for, for food stamps. I'll never forget, our church had started a, a, a capital campaign for, uh, for uh, a building program. And we had scraped and scrounged just enough, like $100, that we were going to give to this building program. We went for food stamps. And they, back then, they don't do this anymore. Back then, they checked your accounts, which I didn't mind that at all. But they checked our account, and they said, we need to know what this $100 is for in your account because you have it, you need to put it towards food. Well, we had felt that that was, okay, that was God's and we understood we could go use it for food. We felt like that was kind of set aside for God and everything like that. Now, I got home, Michelle told me they called and they made her all upset and everything like that. And I remember getting home and I called, I called up the lady and I said, hey, you know, I just want to follow up on this. She said, well, sir, if you have that money, use it for food. I said, you know what, you're right, you're right. So please withdraw our application 
I will trust God over the government any day of the week. So you can keep your food stamps, give it to someone else in need. My family will trust God and put him first. And she was like, well, sir, we can keep. I said, no, withdraw it. I don't want anything to do with the government assistance. If this, if that's what it comes down to, that that $100 is going to set me apart and I've got to get, I'm going to get accused of trying to take advantage. I don't want anything to do with it. I remember getting off the phone and thinking, how in the world am I going to feed my kids? How in the world am I going to take care of my family? And once again, God reminded me, I'm your source. Honor me, I'll take care of you. At that time in our lives, we made $9,000 a year. Raising a family of three, one on the way, $9,000 a year. Don't think we could have used the money, we could have used the money. But we said, no, we will trust our source. And I want to tell you something. Kids never went without food. We never went without what we needed to have for our family. We were provided for. Fast forward, fast forward. Because of the wisdom that I have asked God about and direction, by the grace of God, I was able not just to assist my kids through college, but pay for their college and help them even as they move on in education. Not because of me. I say this again. Not, I am a fool when it comes to money. I am stupid when it comes to money. I am not a financial whiz. Trust me. I don't know the whole lingo of it, but I know the one who provides richly when, he, when I put him first. See, we may not have much, but what we have when we put him first, he does much with. I think about individuals that came to me, have gone with me, you want to talk about what makes a difference? It's people that, that say, hey, I want to invest in what's going to outlast, live me, outlast me. And they say, we're going to Panama. I want to go to Panama with you because I want to share the good news of Jesus Christ. I, not only do I want to go, but I'll give $2,000 to go on that trip. That is somebody who has the heart of God. That's somebody that understands that we are not here for the consumption of ourselves. Young people, listen to me. We're not here for you. You're not here for you. You're here to invest in others. We're here to build other people up. We're here to give beyond what we have and to leave a lasting legacy that will last forever. So that's why people, they create margin. And when they have margin in life, they can give to missions. They can give to sponsor a child that's starving in some other country. They can give in the secret to somebody in the streets who just needs it. They can do this. Here's the best. I love these. Whenever you can do this, they can take that waitress that's working a, 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 a double shift. Waitresses don't work double shifts because they want to. They work double shifts because they got a hungry child at home. Or they have somebody at home that needs them, and they're doing what they can to make a provision. And what would be great? Wouldn't it be great to have margin in your life to leave a $100 tip? Wouldn't that be great? And never even sit in there. Just leave it and leave. Just leave it and know, this is going to, she's going to go home happy tonight. She may hate her job now, but she's going to love it in about five minutes. You can't, people who don't have margin, that live marginal, you can't do that. You can't help your kids out, mom, dad, if you've consumed everything there is. 
you can't help him out. When we put him first, we experience his blessing. We have a supernatural contentment. And we have more of what truly matters. Bow your heads with me and pray with me today. Father, help us today to ask the question, where's the margin in my life financially? Where is the amount beyond what is necessary at in my life? God, some people, some people, all different ages, all different work lives, some are just beginning to go into the workforce and getting real paychecks. God, may they start now honoring you, God, with 10%, returning back to you and watching you do more with 90 than they could ever do with 10. God, it starts now. Whether they are young, whether, God, there's some in this house today, maybe the, this, the, this week might be the first week they ever take 10% out of their income and return it back to you. God, may they have the faith to trust you. May they have the faith to live with you. And may they know that, God, you are the keeper of, the re of our finances and you take care of what matters the most, God. Those college students that are trying to figure out how to make ends meet. God, they may not be able to have the, the steak in the porterhouse. They may have to live on ramen noodles. But, God, they're provided what is necessary in the moment. So, Lord, may you search us today. Help us find financial margin. All of us have something we could get rid of to create margin. That $5 coffee, that, that fries, that Coke, that whatever it is, all of us could find something in our lives to give up to create margin so that, God, we could do and bless someone else. We could help someone. We could... Maybe help someone with a bill, help someone with clothing. Maybe, God, we could help a back-to-school student this year provide their, their, their papers or their pens, God. Maybe that single mom who's struggling to make it, we could just take an envelope of cash and drop it off at her door and run off and just let her be blessed that she's going to be taken care of. Why? Because we said no, and we created margin, and the margin we created, you did something powerful with. God, you can't use us if we don't have margin in our lives. So, Lord, where's the margin at? Speak to us. Let us have the testimony that we could do something powerful for the kingdom of God. Your head bowed and eyes closed today. How many of you here today just being real, you definitely, definitely are at a place where you know you're living a marginless life, but you want God to help you find margin. You want God to help you find places where you could kind of put back and live with little with peace than much with turmoil. You want to find that peace. You want to find that peace with your head bowed and eyes closed. Just say this prayer. Say, God, help me to find that margin in my life. Help me to find that thing that, Lord, I can set aside. Let me put you first in my finances. Let me tithe and return it back to you. And, God, when I do that, help me to look for areas where I can save and put back margin so that, Lord, I can bless others around me. Lord, we need you to do that today. Help us to live financial margin in our lives. Come and rescue, come and lay your burden.
Thank you. 
Help us, God, to be able to trust you no matter what we face financially. God, when the pressure financially comes in, may we trust you and find your peace. God, just as scripture says, better to have a little with peace than much with turmoil. Help us to not fall for the lie. The enemy says more is better. For God, we know that more of you is better, but that's it. Trusting you with everything we have financially. So Lord, I pray that you just go with us today. Keep this financial margin in our hearts and let us remember it every day. Teach us to put you first in all that we do, God, even in our finances, in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. And God bless you guys. Have a great day. We'll see you next Sunday. You've been listening to a ministry of Crossview Church in Keokuk, Iowa with Pastor Kevin Hardcastle. For more information about service times and activities, visit our website, crossviewkeokuk.com. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner.